This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Church from Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit our website at faithchurchlubbock.com. Good to see you. Praise the Lord. Sorry, it's a little cool in here. We know that. Had some valve problems, but we're going to get them fixed. So, actually, we, we did it on purpose. We were trying to sell some marriage retreat stuff, so we wanted you couples to get a little closer together. So it was real strategic. Now, I welcome you. Glad you're here. If you're watching by live stream, glad you're with us. If you need a Bible, get your hand up real high. Our ushers would present the Word of God to you. Then go with me to the book of Matthew, chapter 21. Matthew 21. Now, we are on week two here with fasting and praying, and I, I pray that you're doing something. That if you haven't, you're not too late to start. And so we're going to highlight that again today. And so uh, when we talk about prayer, prayer is what invites God into our equation. Whatever that is, prayer invites that. And many times, even as Christians, we talk about prayer. But do we actually pray? How many of you have ever been talking to someone and they said, hey, our thoughts and prayers are with you? When people say that to me, I look at them like, so are, are you actually going to pray for me or is that just some, some thought? And so what I'm talking about here today, this stuff called prayer, prayer's still relevant. And I believe it's an emphasis for 2023 that we must, we must become men and women of prayer. And so I pray today that some of these scriptures will help us to understand this. I will tell you right now, the word of God is going to challenge you today, okay? Matthew chapter 21, verse 12. Then Jesus went into the temple of God, and he drove out all those who bought and sold in the temple, and he overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats who sold doves, uh, who sold the doves. Now, if you notice where they were doing this, they were in the temple. It's very clear they're in the temple, but the temple wasn't in them. In other words, they were out of sync with God. They were out of sync with God's purposes, his desire for the temple. Verse 13, and he said to them, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer. A house of prayer, a house of, of, of worship. The, the atmosphere of prayer must be there. And so he then says to them, but you have made it a den of thieves. So what they would do there is they would sell the animals as the people would come in. They needed sacrifice to offer at the temple. And so right here when he calls it a den of thieves, You've robbed people for your financial good. And I believe Jesus here was dealing with the house of God wasn't for commercialism or it wasn't for materialism. And so Jesus is not happy, you can tell. And so he, he puts a stop to their program. But he highlights, my house shall be called a house of prayer. And so when the emphasis becomes on prayer back in the house of God, I believe the temple came back into order. Now, why would I say that? Look at verse 14. 
Then, then, after prayer was emphasized and the temple was put back in order when Jesus ran them all out, then the blind and the lame came to him in the temple and he healed them. What would happen if we would keep the main thing the main thing? What would happen in this house if not only did we begin to emphasize prayer, but we actually begin to do it? And I, I loved what he talks about here. People were healed. Things begin to take place. And so there becomes a challenge with this. Turn with me to the book of Daniel chapter 1. Daniel chapter 1, and you'll notice Jesus wasn't about religious activity. Jesus was about people. And if we're not into people, then we're not into Jesus' business. We've got to be about the things of, of the Lord Jesus, the house of God. Again, as you're turning to Daniel 1, prayers are linked between heaven and earth. And you know, as humans, we have five senses. But when we become men and women of prayer, I believe it becomes our sixth sin. Prayer is that. It, it moves us to the, the hand of God in incredible ways. So we're here in Daniel 1. And this young guy named Daniel, he's got three buddies. Their Babylon or Chaldean name is Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These four young men, they were taken into captivity into Babylon. Whether they wanted to or not, they were taken there. And it just, just shows me that, that God has purpose for everything he does. So they go into to this area called Babylon, and the, the Babylonians begin to teach them their customs, begin to teach them their ways. And their ways was that of a worldview. And their goal here was to erase these four Hebrew boys, their memory about anything of God. That they wanted to change their knowledge about God, their loyalty to God, and even their lifestyles to God. And, and the first thing they do is they change their names. Now, one of the reasons I'm highlighting this right now is because we live in a society where people are trying to change your world or change our view to a world view. I don't know if you've noticed. But they're trying to eliminate God more and more and more and more and more. I, I saw yesterday a statistic that said that 84% of all moms and dads want to know what is being taught to their children. Well, you know what I thought with 84%? I thought, well, I hope so. What's wrong with the other 16%? You, you better know what's being taught to your children. And so just another warning here that we are living in these times. And when you make a stand for Jesus, you better get ready, okay? So we begin in Daniel chapter 1, verse number 8. But Daniel purposed in his heart. He, he purposed in his heart. Now, when I, I read that he purposed in his heart, that tells me he did something intentional in his heart. And, and I believe as we start this year, is there some things in your life that you need to say, 
we're going to reset these with the purpose in our heart to serve God. I'm going to do what God desires of me. Now, you must understand this about this guy named Daniel. At this point in his life, he's a teenager. He's young. But he has an unshakable loyalty to his God. And so it says, he purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself. And so when I, I begin to read this, that he wouldn't defile himself, this was his first major opportunity to follow God in an ungodly culture. Now to understand the word defile, that means to make yourself unclean. So he says here specifically, I purposed in my heart not to defile myself. Not, not to make myself unclean. Now, let me ask you right here off of this. Is there areas in your life right now that you've defiled yourself? And what happens when we begin to defile ourselves? We begin to let in this thing called apathy. The word apathy, it has the meaning that it's not clear. So when I read about apathy, we begin to talk about, well, if I just do a little bit of this or just a little bit of that, what's the matter with a little compromise here or a little compromise here? Better stated, what's wrong with a little, a little sin? Just long as it's ever now and then. And so he, he purposes in his heart, I'm not going to defile myself. Physically, sexually, ethically, or even ceremonially. Keep reading. With the portions of the king's delicacies, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the chief of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Better stated, I don't want to insult God. I don't want to compromise I, I want to stick with my, convention, uh, my convictions. Now, we see here it was in the area of food and wine. But it, it has some other meanings in there. I don't want to have to look to the king for his favor or his goods. In other words, I don't want the things of the world. I don't want the world to shape me. Verse number nine. Now, God had brought Daniel into the favor and goodwill of the chief of the eunuchs. And, and when we talk about the favor of God, that's just his grace. That's his blessing. You know, Psalm 512 said he, he, he blesses his righteous and his favor surrounds us like a shield. I, I believe I'm safe to say every one of us in here desire his favor. I welcome the favor of God. But it's interesting here. God's favor came on him. After he purposed in his heart not to defile himself. In other words, when Daniel made a stand, God's favor showed up. Verse 10. And the chief of the eunuch said to Daniel, I fear my lord the king who has appointed your food and drink. For why should he see your faces looking worse than the young men who are your age? Then you would endanger my head before the king. So what this guy's telling him, he's saying, 
well, if you don't eat the king's delicacies and the king sees you looking pretty thin, that's not good for me. He could execute me. He could, he could behead me. There's a huge risk for me doing what you're asking me to do. Verse 11. So Daniel said to the steward whom the chief of the eunuchs had set over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, which was Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, their Hebrew's name. That's all in verse 7 if you want to study that. He said, please test your servants for 10 days. Now watch this, okay? Please test your servants for 10 days. And let them give us vegetables to eat and water to drink. Now, that statement right there that's just made, this is where we get the terminology, the Daniel fast right here. And if you'll notice right here, Daniel says, we're going to go on this 10-day fast, and all we're going to drink is water, and all we're going to eat is vegetables. Now, I don't know if you've ever done that. But it's a lot harder than it sounds. And so today while I'm speaking, I may do some serious yawning because the Lord has decaffeinated me. <laughs> I, I, I was in meetings the other day and I yawned and I yawned and I had to look at the person and I said, listen, I'm not tired and you're not boring, okay? That's not the problem. But there's things in our life that and we get so attached to. And so, this man of God says, I'm going to go on this 10-day fast with just vegetables and water. Now, never underestimate the potential of one resolution that can change your life. Ne never underestimate the potential of just one resolution. Don't underestimate. It's like the day you got saved, that, that one step for salvation. It's like, don't underestimate what a 10-day fast can do when I make it a big deal. So Daniel goes on this 10-day this fast. And as he's fasting here, I, I begin to look at some things in here that he had to purpose in his heart. He had to look to God in these times, even on this. He's, he's, a, he's a man of prayer, and the Bible will show us that here in a minute. Same chapter, verse 15. And so at the end of the 10 days, their features appeared better. They didn't die. And fatter in flesh than all the young men who ate the portion of the king's delicacies. Now, when I begin to trace this back, I begin to look to that one resolution, that one defining decision that he made. And you know what that was? He purposed in his heart not to defile himself. I, I believe this kicked everything off for him. And then he goes on this fast. Verse 16. As for these four young men, God gave them knowledge and skill in all literature and wisdom and Daniel had all understanding and visions and dreams. Now, if you look at this, this is after he came out of the fast. 
Does anybody in here right now, do, do you need a little wisdom? I need a lot of wisdom. Do any of you need some knowledge? See, when I study about Daniel, he was a man that had the gift of an interpret in visions and dreams. But right here it said, and Daniel had understanding of vision and dreams. Was something birthed? Because this guy, he purposed in his heart not to defile himself. And then he went on a 10-day fast where he said, I'm going to seek God. And after he saw God, did God release this in him? See, we all want encounters of a God kind. But am I willing to do what Daniel did to get what Daniel had? Wow. Verse 18. Now at the end of the days when the king had said they should be brought in, the chief of the eunuchs brought them in before Nebuchadnezzar. Then the king interviewed them, among them all, none. None was found like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Therefore, they served before the king. Now listen, Woo, you, you got to get verse 20. And in all matters of wisdom and understanding about which the king examined them, he found them 10 times better than all the magicians, the astrologers who were with, were with them in this realm. 10 times better in wisdom and knowledge, 10 times. It would be like you were getting an F in algebra and you begin to purpose in your heart not to defile yourself and you went on a 10-day fast and begin to seek God and you show back up at school and now you're making straight A's. Huh. That's a miracle. Ten, ten times better. Because this guy said, you know what? I'm going to look to God. I'm going to serve God. Now, I want to read verse 21 because there's something I really want to highlight in this. Thus, Daniel continued until the first year of King Cyrus. When you study this with King Cyrus, it says he continued. You know what the continuing was? 60 years he continued. This is a man who walked with God for 60 years after this. And any time that Daniel came to a crazy moment in his life, it seemed like he would fast. He knew something would take place that when he would begin to fast. And so your destiny is the result of your daily decisions. Ow. Let me say that again. Your destiny will be a result of the, your daily decisions. Turn with me to chapter 6 of Daniel. Chapter 6. So at this point in Daniel's life, God has promoted him in incredible ways. Now I highlight this. Because he is ungodly working in an ungodly world. And many of you in here, you work around ungodly people. You may work for someone that's ungodly. Do you know God still has the ability to promote you? Yeah. 
God has the ability to use you even in that circumstance right now. And so he right now is one of three governors in this whole area, okay? So we pick up here, verse 3 of Daniel 6. Then this Daniel distinguished himself above the governors and the other satraps or leaders. He distinguished himself. That literally means that he stood out. He was different. He just didn't blend in. So how did he distinguish himself? Keep reading. Because an excellent spirit was in him. Something was in his heart that everything that Daniel did, he did with the spirit of excellence. You know what that meant? When he served, he served unto God. He did stuff with integrity. He did stuff with character. He did stuff with uh, uh, honesty. So you know what that means? For me and you to live with the spirit of excellency, when you go to work, you're not doing it just to your boss. You're doing it as unto the Lord. And God sees everything I do. He sees my character. He sees my integrity. He sees my diligence. Do you know God even sees when you show up to work late? And if you show up to work late day after day after day, you know what you are? You're a time thief. Ooh. And all the business owners were like, preach, pastor, preach, preach. Daniel just didn't go to work. He went to work as unto the Lord. There was an excellent spirit. And when I read that, I thought, no wonder he was promoted. Look, look what this says here. Keep reading. An excellent spirit was in him. And the king gave thought to setting him over the home realm. The king said, he's got so much character. He said, I'm going to put him in charge of everything. Wow. Again, a godly man working for an ungodly king. And this may highlight you right now. You may be around ungodly folk, but don't drop your kingdom integrity. So I read this story about this man, and he was married, had a couple kids. He knew he had to put bread on the table. He's going through school, so he has to get a night job. He works the graveyard shift. So he reports the first night, and the, the boss, of, there was 10 of them that worked. And the boss said to him, you'll have your lunch hour, which would be your breakfast hour, from 2 to 3 or 3 to 4, one of the two every day. And he said, okay. He had been there about a week, and he began to notice that there were some things that just didn't add up. That he would see guys go to lunch at 2, but they may not come back in till 4 or 5. So after a few days, the, the boss said to him, when you punch out at two, don't punch back in at three. Just stay and take a nap, do whatever you want. And oh, so-and-so, when he's punching out at three, he'll punch you back in. He looked and said, 
You guys can do that. You can participate that in all you want. He said, I'm a man of God. I will not do that. I will not compromise. I won't do any of that. He's there a month. One night his shift begins and all of a sudden the door opens and it's the owner. And he comes in and he tells all 10 of them, he says, sit down. And they all sit down and the owner says, I'm very aware of, of what most of you have been doing. I'm very aware of your lack of a work ethic. And he says, so-and-so stand up. And this guy stood up and they all thought he was just one of the workers. Well, he wasn't. He was his right-hand man. So the right-hand man gets up and he looks at these first eight and he says, you, 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 you're all fired. I don't need you anymore. But he looks at the one man and he said, I want to promote you tonight. Very similar to Daniel. See, God will take care of us. God will move. Verse four. So the governors and the satraps, they, fought, they, they sought to find some charge against Daniel concerning the kingdom. Daniel's faithfulness to God stirred up jealousy within these guys. But they could find no charge or fault because he was faithful, nor there was any error or fault found in him. And, and so they're, they're mad at him. They hated him, not because he was evil, but because he was good. They're going after him. Verse 5. Then these men said, we shall not find any charge against this Daniel unless we find it against him concerning the law of his God. We can't criticize him. We can't condemn him. Now at this point in his life, this is almost 40 years into it. Consider yourself blessed if the only thing your enemies can say about you is he or she's faithful to God. Consider yourself, what what an accomplishment, what a, a compliment. I mean, for people to look say, man, they're faithful to God. They're faithful. I've never seen someone so faithful to God. Verse six. So these governors, satraps, they throng before the king and they said, thus to him, King Darius live forever. Now that verse in a nutshell right there, they throng before the king. They are a bunch of rear kissers. For you who don't understand the Hebrew, there's some butt kissers. That's the American version, okay? Point blank, this is all this is. You might as well hit on that just a second. Do you work around a bunch of butt kissers? Maybe you do. But I'm telling you right now, it didn't affect Daniel. It didn't move him a bit. He's going to serve God. He'd care less what the rest of them did. So all the governors of the kingdom, the administrators, the satraps, the counselors, the advisors, they've consulted together to establish a royal statue and to make a firm decree that whoever petitions any god or man for 30 days except you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions. Now, when you look at a statement they made, whoever petitions any god, the word petition means prayer, and so Daniel's life right here 
had been such a consistent testimony to being a man of prayer, this is one of the laws they put in. They knew this is where we can get him, right here. Verse 8. Now, king established the decree and signed the writing so that it cannot be changed according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which does not alter. It cannot be revoked. Therefore, King Dyer signed the written decree. It's in law. Verse 10. Get your pen out for verse 10, okay? This is going to be incredible for us. Now, Daniel knew that the writing was signed, and he went home. Let's put us in the story right now. And Gloria knew it had been signed. And, and Sammy knew that the decree had been signed. You know what that means? If I get caught doing something, I'm going to be lunch for the lions. So we're in the story. So what do you do? What do you do? The decree has been signed. Watch what Daniel does. He went home and with, in his upper room with his windows open toward Jerusalem. He opens his windows toward Jerusalem even though he knew prayer had been outlawed. He didn't close the windows to try to hide. And so what I see off of this is this was a man who wouldn't bow to peer pressure. He wouldn't bow to intimidation. Even knowing that this could mean a date with the lion's den. You know what I see with this guy right here? He wasn't a closet Christian. Man, what you see is what you get. So he opens his windows toward Jerusalem. And the statement is that he opened his windows toward Jerusalem. Toward Jerusalem meant that he kept his eyes on the dream, the focus, which was the city of Jerusalem, which was the temple. He wouldn't let go of the dream. He prayed and he knelt down on his knees. The window opened. He gets on his knees, which is a form of honor, humility. It's a form of I fear God. I reverence him. I believe when he got down on his knees, this was his posture of prayer. This is what he was saying. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. So he gets on his knees. Keep reading. Three times that day. Morning, noon, and night. He stopped, he dropped, and he prayed. And when I see three times a day, Just as we eat three times a day, 
breakfast, lunch, and dinner. But you know what he said? I'm going to eat spiritually three times a day. We, we feed our physical man three hot meals a day, and we feed our spirit man one cold snack a week, and we wonder why we were spiritually malnourished. Now, three times a day. Now, look what it says he does. He prayed and gave thanks before his God. Three times a day. Listen to the last little bit of this verse. As was his custom since early days. You know what this means? This was his rhythm and his routine. This is what he did day by day and throughout his life. Now, here's the question that arises for me and you. Do I kneel and bow? Do I pray? Do I worship? Do I give thanks? Do I have a daily rhythm and do I have a daily routine? And this is the challenging point right here. I believe God's challenging us to say what would happen if we begin to pray? I, I don't know how long he prayed. I just know he prayed. And God's not into to quality, or quantity. He's into quality. Just where I come before him and I acknowledge him. Father God, I need your help today. What would happen if I would start my day in prayer? That could mean when you're in the shower. That could mean when you're driving to work. You, can you know what I can tell you is going to happen? It's going to begin to set the tone for your day. And I will tell you this, just because you pray three times a day doesn't mean you're going to have smooth sailing. I look at his life. You know why I say that? This was a man who stopped, dropped, and prayed three times every day. And you know what happened? He still got thrown into the lion's den. See, many times when we read that, we think that's, that's how it all ends. No, that's not how it ends. We knew God bails him out. We know how the story is. God bails him out. But not only did God bail him out, Look with me in the same chapter in verse 25. Then King Darius wrote to all the people's nations language that dwell in all the earth. That's everybody, okay? Peace be multiplied to you. I make a decree that in every dominion of my kingdom men must tremble and fear before the God of Daniel. You know what this ungodly king saw? He saw a man of God that actually lived it out. And he said, you got to fear and tremble just like Daniel did. And then he goes on to say, for he is the living God. Yes, he is. And he is steadfast forever. Yes, he is. His dominion shall endure to the end. Now watch this in verse 27. He delivers and he rescues 
And he worked signs and wonders in heaven and on earth who has delivered Daniel from the power of the lions. This ungodly Gentile ruler was giving glory to the living God and he said he rescues, he delivers, and he works signs and wonders. He still does. You know what he's looking for? He's looking for men and women that will enlist in his army. And they'll say, you know what? I'm not going to be a closet Christian. I'm going to be a man of God. I'm going to be a woman of God. Verse 28, look how this ends. So this Daniel prospered in the reign of Darius. One translation says this Daniel prospered continually. And so I go back and I look at everything we've studied here today. A man who begins by purpose in his heart. He says, I'm not going to defile myself. I'm not going to live by the things of this world. I live in the world. I'm just not of the world. But then he goes on a fast. And then he's a, a prayer warrior. And again, anytime he had these, these incredible battles in his life, he would fast and pray. And I don't believe he did it for the fun of it. Why don't you stand up here with me today? I asked you just to to bow your head and close your eyes right here because we serve a God according to Mark 16 that he confirms his word with signs following and I'm no different than you God, God has challenged me he's challenged me incredibly when I read these but right now his God put a challenge in you to say I need to start this year by purposing in my heart I'm going to purpose in my heart and just as Daniel purposed in his heart not to defile himself maybe that's your prayer I'm so contaminated with the world Just here, just a second. Just with your head bowed and your eyes closed. Lord, I purpose in my heart. I purpose in my heart to live for you this year like I never have. I, I purpose in my heart, Lord, that I'm not going to defile myself. I, I'm not going to allow the world to cling to me like I've allowed it. And even right now, maybe you haven't fasted at all. And that's between you and God, okay? But what if God was challenging right now? Pastor, there's no way I could do 10 days. Well, what can you do? What can you do? 
See again, let, let God speak to your heart right now. And then I believe for every one of us, what have I compromised to? Have, have I bent to peer pressure? Have I bent to intimidation? See, this goes for every one of us, just straight across the board. But I, I really sense too the Lord challenging us to be men and women of prayer, to be men and women of thanks, of gratitude. your head bowed and your eyes closed. Just, just raise your hands here to heaven right now if you feel comfortable doing that. Father God, we know you still speak to us through your spirit. And Holy Spirit, we welcome you right now. That according to John 16, you were sent to convict us of sin, of righteousness and judgment. That, that word conviction isn't to beat us up. But it's to convince us that we need a Savior. If, if you're here this morning, the second Sunday of 2023, and the Lord is tugging on your heart right now, maybe you've never given Jesus your heart. Maybe you're one of the people that would, would be part of the song we sang. I, I'm just here about my agenda. I, I just go through the motions. What would happen if we begin this year a little differently? If you need to give your heart to Jesus or you want to rededicate this morning, I, I welcome you right now. Just... Just make your way out of your seat. Even if you're in the middle of one of these aisles, they'll get out of your way. But I welcome you to come forward right now. To say, I, I, I need Jesus today. I, I need heaven today. Thank you. Yeah. since there may be more of you I really do the reason I say that is I didn't do this altar call in the first service is there anybody else I, I welcome you if you do Ray you mind just stepping up here and putting your hands on him come on let's, let's pray you're all of us Say this with me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you broken. Just broken peace. And I ask you to forgive me of my sins, my bad choices. And I ask you right now to forgive me, wash me and cleanse me. And Lord Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart 
and be Lord of my life. I welcome you today to put the broken pieces back together. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. <laughs> just, just stay down here. I don't, I don't think God's done with you because I know he's not done with me. never done with me. You know what I've realized with God sometimes? I'm kind of like a, a cookie on a sheet. He'll pull me out of the oven, look at me, and say, nope, he's not done. Get back in there. Get back in there. I welcome it. I, I welcome God continually working in my life, okay? I'm not perfect. None of us are. And so as our team gets ready to sing, However you choose to respond to God, I, I welcome these altars today. And you may want to come down here and say, Lord, I, I'm purposing in my heart. Tell him your purpose for 2023. It may be I'm, I'm not going to defile myself. I'm, I'm not going to allow social media to dictate my peace and my joy. And it may be making a declaration to God to say, you know what? I'm going to fast. I'm going to go on a fast, Lord. I'm going to seek you. And then I, I welcome a heart of prayer. And so as our team plays, I welcome you. Just come down. Let God touch your heart today. Go ahead, guys. Thank you once again for joining us on this podcast. To check out more services from Faith Church, you can find our live broadcast on YouTube or check out our website at faithchurchlubbock.com for more information on upcoming events, how to give, and how you can get involved.